You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh right here on your Wednesday on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It's your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Coming to you after a huge win for the Houston Astros as they take down the Texas Rangers 9-2 behind a dominant performance on the mound from Luis Garcia. Six innings, only one run, nine Ks, and an immaculate inning, not to mention a second immaculate inning coming from Phil Maton in the seventh. First time in MLB history that two immaculate innings were thrown in the same game and to add icing to the cake, no pun intended, it's Dusty Baker's 73rd birthday today. So if I'm the skipper, couldn't have been a much better birthday gift than beating your rival 9-2 to in their home park to take the series. Producer extraordinaire, co-host with the most, Mr. James Mesh, pushing all the buttons, making me look good in the master control suite. James, what's going on, bud? Not too much. Pretty good win. We got, yep. we got to watch it on your laptop. Six, six runs in the first inning. First inning took like 30 minutes, and then the rest of the game... Took about 30 minutes. Took about 30 minutes. I was it was pretty quick. I didn't. like I'd blink and it's like oh we're we're done with an inning. Uh, and, and if you're not one to listen and you you're a big reader, you could always go look at my gamer. I just posted on Ooh, the subtle, game website. Subtle plug, just subtle. Love that. One zero three seven game dot com or one zero four one the game dot com for Mesh's Astros gamer again nine to two. The Astros defeat the Texas Rangers. We got a lot to get into today. NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals start tonight. The Big Three, the three-on-three basketball league started by Ice Cube. They get underway on Saturday. We'll talk about that. The U.S. Open, the NBA Finals, Game 6 is tomorrow, plus a load of top stories. But before we do any of that, let's go to the poll question of the day up on Facebook and Twitter. Call us copycats if you want. We're going to do a foodie poll question today on a Wednesday. What is your go-to sandwich shop? Is it Subway? Is it Firehouse Subs? Is it Old Time? Or is it Other? So far, 50% say Old Time. And then, James, we got two comments on the poll question. Three comments now, actually. Uh, Jersey Mike's is the best that I have had. That's coming from Matthew Starkey. I've never had Jersey Mike's. We don't have one in here, here in South Louisiana. Yeah, there's not one nearby, but I've seen the commercials, and I've always yeah. been intrigued. I've always wanted to be a sub above. <laughs> I want to know what it's like to have a sub above. Right, right. Uh, Mr. Cajun says, my kitchen. Uh, okay. Sly flex, you know. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, if you're that good at making sandwiches, why don't you send one my way? Um, and then Ton, it depends on the kind, honestly. I'm with him on that. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Because if you're looking for like a cold cut sandwich, Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's, oh, love 
I love the bread from Jimmy yeah. John's. If you're looking for like a shrimp po' boy, old time, maybe even Pops. Pops downtown is solid. Um, Matt, Matt Reed on Facebook had just threw out Daryl's. Oh, dude. Have you ever had it? I don't I don't think so. Oh, man. Hear, hear me out. Okay. Drive to Lake Charles. Well, actually, you don't even have to drive to Lake Charles. There's one in Jennings. Okay. okay. The Daryl's Special. It's ham, turkey, and roast beef. So that's a club, right? I mean, pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's damn near a club. With gravy. Oh, that's why it's special. And jalapeno mayo. Ooh. Oh, dude. So good. The Daryl special. Order a whole, you will bring half of it home. I promise you. Because even a big guy like me can't even eat the whole thing. You will bring half of it home. Oh, man, Daryl's. I can't lie. You in, you intrigued me with the gravy and the jalapeno mayo. Oh, Daryl's is... What kind of, what kind of bread is it? Uh, Langland H French bread. Oh, okay. Pretty, yeah, pretty standard. Bre- yeah, pretty standard. Standard, standard pull boy bread. There you go. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. Phenomenal. I can't believe I didn't think about Daryl's. All right, so top stories. Let's get into it. Minka Fitzpatrick is now a very rich man. The Pittsburgh Steelers have signed their star safety to a four-year extension that will pay Fitzpatrick a little more than $18.4 million a year, $36 million of his contract guaranteed at signing, and it makes him the highest-paid safety in NFL history. James Mesh, do you believe that Minka Fitzpatrick is worth the money? No doubt. Ever since he's gotten to Pittsburgh, He's been a changed man. The only thing is they need a safety to go in tandem with him. And that and that secondary could take a whole nother level. But having Minka, Minka to me is easily a top five safety. 25 years old, 11th overall pick out of Alabama in 2018. Had 124 tackles last year with two interceptions. I mean, that's solid numbers coming from a safety. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. So $18.4 million a year, again, highest paid safety in NFL history. Before that, it was, was it Marcus Williams? Did Marcus Williams' deal make him the highest paid? Marcus was about 13 a year. 14 a year. 13, 14. I don't think that, that, that wasn't worth being no, I don't, the I don't top, remember top. What the, the next, you know, below that was. Speaking of Saints news, Marcus Davenport had half of his pinky amputated this offseason. That's according to Mike Triplett. The top portion of his left pinky finger amputated after breaking the plate from a previous surgery and experiencing an infection. Davenport doesn't believe it will affect his performance, noting that he has already learned to adjust to the bent finger. He insisted he has maintained a positive attitude throughout another injury-plagued offseason. The Saints have picked up his fifth option for 2022 worth $9.5 million. We'll dive deeper into that story and more Saints news at 5.30 with Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. I did find the safety contracts. Okay. No, I'm looking at uh, over the cap, and it says Jamal Adams, 
mm. averaging 17 and a half. Jamal. And overall, it's 70. So Jamal's is 70? Jamal's Jamal's was the highest. Now it's making So high. 17 and a half, seven, that's four years. Yeah. Four years, 70 million. Okay. Pretty solid, pretty solid. Jackson Hayes finally getting his sentencing for his arrest last year in L.A., he has been sentenced to three years of probation, 450 hours of community service, and a year of weekly domestic violence classes. He is also ordered to pay yet-to-be-determined restitution. That's a pretty big blow for, uh, for Jackson Hayes. I mean, three years probation, 450 hours of community service, and then a year of taking weekly domestic violence classes. James, do you think that that's all warranted? Oh, man, that's a lot. You got 450 hours of community service. I mean, I get I get he laid hands on an officer, but Jesus. Yeah. It, that, it, it does feel like it is a lot. But I guess maybe they're using him as an example to be like, look, just because you're young, we're not going to take it easy on you. Just because you're an NBA player, we're not going to take it easy on you. I, I feel like they're almost using him as an example. Yeah, and and that's that's usually how it works, right? That That's usually the way that they like to do it. Because um, how often do you hear about professional athletes putting their hands on officers? It's very rare. And people of the law. Very rare. So it's like, hey, that's true. First time in a while. All right, let's maybe let's reset the example. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, Rory passes Scotty Scheffler as the betting favorite at the U.S. Open. Very intriguing because, you know, the way that it tends to work out in golf, you know, guys win back to back events. Not, not to say that it doesn't happen, but it's just, it's rare. You know, you usually have, Winning a golf tournament is is such a emotional, you know, high. It takes so much out of you that usually the next week you don't play as well. You're not at your best. Uh, so to see Rory be the consensus favorite at the U.S. Open, days removed from him winning in Canada, that's a uh, that's pretty impressive. Not even not even gonna lie about that. Looking at other top stories. Ron Rivera says that Washington Commanders will not trade wide receiver Terry McLaurin and that a deal, quote, will get done. James? Well-deserved. I mean, he, he's he's almost one of those wide receivers. There's so many talented ones. It, it's hard to keep track of all of them, and oftentimes there will be receivers that are pretty much just as talented but don't get the recognition maybe because of the team or style that the team plays. But it feels like Terry McLaurin doesn't get the credit he deserves because since he's been in the league, I can't think of how many exactly, how many quarterbacks he's played with, but it's a lot. And it, it it's almost, it, it's it makes what he's done thus far even more impressive because he's put up really good stats. And then the fact that you've had to deal with playing with players like Taylor Heineke and other QBs, you're like, wow. He's doing it with those guys. Reminds me a lot of somebody like D Hop. Whenever D Hop was a little younger and playing for the Texans. Yeah. That's true. Um 
and and also it was there was a news article about Taylor Heineke talking you know you mentioning his name brought it up for me he talked about how he doesn't feel like he's ever going to get the chance to play in Washington with the contract that they signed Carson Wentz to yeah I mean Carson Carson is definitely eating up a lot of that cap you you pay a guy that kind of money I mean you're going to start him there's there's no way the guy doesn't play unless he's hurt right uh so thought that was interesting James, talking about the NBA now, again, NBA Finals, Game 6 tomorrow night, Warriors with the opportunity to close the door on the Celtics and win their fourth title? In eight years. Fourth title in eight years. It's their sixth trip to the Finals in eight years. But if you ask the Golden State Warriors, they say nobody is celebrating yet, and they're not getting ahead of themselves. Clay Thompson was quoted saying, you do yourself a disservice if you think about things that don't even exist yet. That's smart. It's also a disrespect to the other team almost because, like, look, if I'm already looking ahead, it's like, yo, we ain't done yet. You still got to get one more win on us. So that that's very good. That's, that's is another sign of how much of a veteran team the Warriors right. are and how experienced they are in these finals because they know, we know, seeing it from firsthand, that they were up. 3-1. Right. And they couldn't close it well, out. Looking at what Andre Iguodala said, clinching is probably the hardest game you'll play in a series. It's not, he's not wrong. No doubt. Because if, if the other team's in an elimination game, they're throwing out all the stops. They're bringing all the punches. They're not holding anything back. Curry said, at the end of the day, once you get out there, you just have to be in the moment. you got to be present as much as possible, not worry about the consequences, win or lose. The only opportunity you have is those 48 minutes. So he says that it'll also probably be the hardest game you've ever played in your career because of how high the stakes are. As always, game hotline 706-0111. If you want to chime in, on the show, let's go to the hotline now. Martin joins us. What's going on, Martin? Oh, not too much. How y'all young fellas are doing this afternoon? Doing well, man. What you got? Uh, so, did y'all hear the story? I heard it this morning about uh, that, that Clay Thompson looking like that. Apparently, he dressed in, like, game gear, got through the security at the Warriors uh, Arena, and he actually made it all the way to the court without nobody noticing. And he, like, took a few shots, and then he finally was – I heard about it on uh, the Jim Rome show. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. He, I had watched the video. It, he he got through. They Five were, layers he, of security. Yeah. And you could see people just looking, like, getting out the way. And eventually he got on the court. He shot for about ten minutes. And then they finally got out of there, and then I remember seeing the tweet from him. His name's Big Dawes TV on YouTube, and he right. was like, "Yeah, I, I've been I've been banned for life from the Chase Center." Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Banned him for life, huh? Yeah, that's crazy, huh? It's like that—that's not his fault. <laughs> you should have better security. You—you see, we've seen yeah, this guy. Exactly. For, we've seen this guy since 2014 dress as Clay. So it's like you should know who this guy is. He's been to multiple of your games. You should know what right. Clay Thompson and, and looks the, like and what he doesn't look like. Yeah, and and and, and you think just like Jim Rome said, you think Clay Thompson's going to walk there and 
walk into the arena in game time gear. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, it was you know, it was like ten in the morning. <laughs> no yeah. doubt, it it was it was ten in the morning at that point. It's like the game's not till six o'clock in California. Right. He's got a whole nother right. eight hours. Why would it be in Game Gear? Right, right. Hey, and I, I, I'm going to give y'all a little hint. You know why the, the Celtics ain't going to win the, the finals? Why is that? Because uh, I don't know if y'all know who he is, but uh, he's a caller. And, uh, the foot, he's my buddy. Uh, uh, foot he's my buddy, Paul. Um, calls in the morning, but he's also pulling for the, for the Celtics in the finals, and He's a diehard Yankees fan, and uh, all the teams he pulls for never win. They always uh, joke. So uh, that's exactly why they're not going to win the finals, man. So if if the Celtics um, if the Celtics lose, then uh, Mesh can be mad at him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that out there. I like picking with him, man. He's a good guy. <laughs> no, no, no doubt about it, Martin. We appreciate you. All right, man. Y'all have a good one, man. You too. All right, so looking at it from that perspective, you know, talking about the the fake Clay Thompson, I, I don't know that that him getting banned was really warranted because, like we said, he got through five layers of security. And this isn't the first time this guy's done this. He's been he's been at this since 2014. That's crazy to me. Let's go back to the hotline. Ralph joins the show. What's going on, Ralph? Well, Matt, congratulations, first of all. Looks like you, you found your your, uh, your groove against uh, James with that uh, soccer shootout, right? Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, when I saw the the video, I was like, oh, no, not another not another beating. But, no, you came through, man. Very, very impressive. Thank you. So congratulations. On that, but uh, no, I think the uh, reason um, uh, and it is very difficult to win back-to-back tournaments. I'll agree with that. I do think though, last week's setup was really uh, perfect for a U.S. Open um, tune-up, so to speak, uh, and that the rough was was really thick uh, over there. Um, and and McElroy's uh, short game was really on point. He, he got up and down from all over the place, which at Brookline you have to do because the greens are so small. And the rough's going to be so thick, um, but I do think the reason he's the betting favorite is he's going to take a lot more international money because he's so popular, you know, overseas um, a lot more so than, than Scotty Scheffler. That being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know not it really isn't going out on a limb, but I think Justin Thomas wins uh, this week just because he is the best iron player in the game and and I think is top three in strokes gain and putting. Um, so I really like his chances. If he keeps the ball, you know, near the fairway, he'll be tough to beat. And I'll give you one more. It's my long shot now. If you want to put a few ducats on this, uh, guys, Xander Shoffley. Um, not exactly sure what his odds are right now. Probably in the 20, 25 to 1, 30 to 1. But he's, he's played in five U.S. Opens now, the last five, and his worst finish is tied for seventh. Hasn't won yet. But I think he's knocking on the door. So, All right, Ralph, I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you my long shot because I agree with you on the Justin Thomas thing. I, I'm with okay. you on that, so I'll give you my long shot. Will Zalatoris? Oh yeah, no, he's definitely going to be in the mix for sure. Yeah. He's um, he's he's been there. He's he sniffed 
uh, for a, for a while now, so he that wouldn't surprise me at all. He so, always he always seems to step his game up for the majors. I, I love the I, I you know look I love golf period and I love all the majors obviously, but I think the U.S. Open is the best test of golf because of the the venues that it's played on. It's just it, there's some brutal courses, you know. So a lot goes in how the USGA sets it up, but I'm I'm really the the side story to this is I'm. I can't wait to see what the fan reactions are going to be to to Dustin Johnson, to Phil Mickelson, to Ricky Fowler. Well, Ricky Fowler didn't qualify. That's right. Patrick Reed, um, a lot of the defectors to the LIV tour. Uh, it, that'll be interesting to see how, how the fans react to that. So looking forward to it. And um, I couldn't think of a better – well, you know, I'll be spending the Father's Day with my kids and grandkids, so that's great too. But um, I always love uh, watching that Sunday run on Father's Day. So, got to yeah. ice down the, the brewskis. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you, Ralph. All right. Thank you. All right. So, when looking up Will Zalatoris, and this, this will be my last point. Before I was, go. was going to say, I, I looked up the FanDuel odds. So what, is, what is it? So, for FanDuel, it's Xander Shoffley's plus 2,200. Yeah. And then right. Zalatoris is plus 27. 100. Plus twenty seven, T- plus twenty seven hundred. Oh, dude, I'm gonna have to put some money on that. <laughs> wow, put about five dollars on it. So he finished second at the PGA Championship in 2020 at the U.S. Open. He finished tied for sixth in the Masters in 2021. He finished second. Mm-hmm. The dude shows up for the major. I was gonna say he does. He's close. He's 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 that right close. there he's every right time. There. Now here's what's crazy. So in his career, he's he's a young guy. Because I remember 2021, the Chittimacha, Louisiana Open, I volunteered at the tournament, and he was playing in the tournament. So he was still on the Corn Ferry Tour at the time. He has played 50 PGA Tour events, okay? He has made 35 cuts. He's never won a PGA Tour tournament. But let me, let me enlighten you on how much money the young man has made in his PGA Tour career. $8,385,976. And the man's never won a game. He's never won a match. Not a single tournament. And this this is Al's horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's only he's 25. This year alone, he's made nearly $5 million. Absolutely unreal. What I would do to be a professional golfer. Absolutely insane. You'll be able to show what you can do in our in our, in our next putt. challenge. Yeah. It's, it's the game's birthday, and that means that this is your invitation to party with us as we celebrate 10 years of being Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Join us at B-Dubs on Ambassador Wednesday, June 22nd for delicious wings and amazing door prizes like station swag, tickets to an Astros game. We're giving away a TV from AVI, Car washes from the wash donated by Service Chevrolet, a gift card from Partners Limited, and much more. In addition, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh broadcasting live from the party. So come join us, B-Dubs, next Wednesday from 4 to 9 for the game's 10th birthday bash. Hotline open for the next hour. Get those calls in, 706-0111. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. 42 minutes after the hour here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The Saints added again mandatory minicamp over the last couple of days. Everybody back in attendance, which is a good sign. You know who was really back in attendance? Number three, Will Lutz. Our guy. The secret sauce to the New Orleans Saints offense. Granted, kicking's not really offense, but, you know, whatever. Point producers. Point producer. There we go. Will Lutz was asked to go into specifics about his injury. Here he is. Look, I had a core muscle injury. However, you know, people, some people call it sports hernia. And unfortunately, it took multiple surgeries to fix. And, you know, that, that area is what I use on a daily basis. So, you know, it's different than other guys that have this kind of injury. It, so um, I rely on those muscles, and um, it's just a longer process than other people. And but fortunately, we you know we got through it, and training staff did a great job, and finally back. Staying on the topic of Will Lutz, here he is, or here's Dennis Allen talking about the importance of getting Lutz back on the field. Well, look, I think that's anytime you get anybody that and they're feeling completely healthy. I mean, this is probably about the only time of the year where you're going to have a guy that's going to feel completely healthy and so look I think it's good to have him out here I'm I'm excited about getting him back getting him going and uh, you know certainly it's been a long process for him I know he's excited about getting out here and trying to help the team win. James you know it's been a long time since Will Lutz has been on the field for New Orleans what what do you think I mean obviously we know the importance of him being back but like talk about you know just how important it is to have a guy like him back in the lineup. He, I would say by himself, is the difference between two and three wins and two and three losses. Just by himself, because he'll make a game winner. But you also, when when you look at some of the games, sometimes the kickers that we had, because we had four of them. The Saints had four of them last year. Yeah. Just as many as quarterbacks. Yeah. So, (laughs) you see, last year, it's so crazy how... You had the most injuries. You started the most amount of different players. You used throughout. four quarterbacks. Four kickers. You used four kickers, and you still almost made the playoffs. You were one Rams collapse away. Oh, my gosh. That's, That's what's crazy to think. In getting back to Will Lutz, he, he makes a difference. He'll make the extra points as you watch some of them, like Alger Grossos. You yeah. watched Brett Maher. Like a couple of times they would miss extra points. Sometimes they would miss those thirty-three yarder, thirty-five, where it's it's not a guarantee, but it's a lot friendlier because it's a lot shorter of a distance than kicking a fifty, fifty-five, sixty-yard field goal. So that's three, four, five points. And if you look at it, a lot of the time the Saints lost, it was by one score. So he he decides the game about two or three of them by himself almost. Yep. No, it's it's true. He he really does. Uh, let's go to Mark Ingram talking about head coach Dennis Allen 
and the DNA of the New Orleans Saints. That was huge. I mean, just keeping the DNA the same. It's not like it's a full rebuild here. I think we have a team that can make a lot of noise and, you know, make a run at it. You know, obviously we have to improve and get better and gel as a unit, but um, I think keeping the DNA of the team, the bloodline of the team, the culture of the team the same, I think that's huge for everyone. And um, I think we'll all benefit from it, and I think we'll just continue to grow and be better from it. Is there any difference you've noticed with DA? I mean, obviously, you know, DA is different from Sean, you know, but um, I think DA has done a great job of just trying to keep it as normal as possible and adding his own kind of flavor to it. You know, um, I think the defense is more used to it because they spent so much time with him, you know, in defensive meetings. You know, we only saw him sometimes when he had to fill in, but um, I like him a lot. I think he's doing a great job with the team, doing a great job in team meetings. Doing a great job with us out there, telling us, you know, just get, let's get our work done. Let's be efficient. Let's be effective. Let's improve. Let's work. Let's be, you know, have sets of urgency. And, you know, he's going to take care of us and get us off the field. So um, I think he's done a great job. And I think just having the same DNA, the same culture of the team, I think that's going to do good for everyone in the locker room. You know, that's big, right? Being in South Louisiana, dealing with the heat that we deal with in the summer, like he said, you know, being efficient, getting your work done. Because it's one of those things, the faster you do the things that your coach wants you to do, the faster you're done. And the faster you get out of that heat. And when it comes to the heat, you almost feel like trying to take a shortcut just just to get it done. Yeah. So having Dennis Allen be on their ass the whole time, like, hey, let's not take shortcuts. Let's get this work done and do it the right way. That'll be a huge difference. It's big. And lastly, Dennis Allen talking about what the plan will be if Alvin Kamara gets gets suspended from the league. Yeah, look, I think that those are thoughts that have kind of gone through our mind already, but yet I'm not, I'm not really focused on the things that I don't control right now. I'm really focused on the things that we, we have control over. You know, we'll have a plan if anything, you know, comes up. But, you know, right now we're just practicing football and trying to get ready for the season. We'll take a time out right here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. And when we return, we'll update the poll question. We'll talk a little bit more Astros before we end hour number one. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Yellow. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, Matt Miguez. James Mesh, 52 minutes after 4 o'clock. Got about five minutes before hour number one comes to a close. So let's go back to the poll question. What's your go-to sandwich shop? Is it Subway, Firehouse Subs, Old Time, or Other? So far on Facebook, got seven comments. Pops Pull Boy from David Ackman Jr. Very true. Pops is the best. If... At Pops, they have a appetizer called the Marty McFry. And, oh man, fries, cheese, gravy, green onions, 
and pickled onions. Absolutely phenomenal. Martin says, Schlotzky's and Louisiana Pull Boys on Pinhook and is pizza a sandwich? Asking for a friend. <coughs> five names. <laughs> Poor Hannah Five Names. She gets picked on all the time. Anyways, um, Samantha McGuire says, KK's Cafe in Youngsville has the best sandwiches. Noted. I'm there all the time and I've actually never heard of it. I'm I'm kind of intrigued now. I'm yeah. a, I'm a big sandwich guy. KK's Cafe. Gonna have to gonna have to look into that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um Robert Duplishan has said never had a sandwich from there but the breakfast is awesome. So they have breakfast too. I'm I'm so in. I'm a breakfast food guy. James, did you ever eat breakfast for dinner growing up? Yeah, we we kind of still do it but like the tradition for us is eating it on Sundays. Like pancakes and bacon? And, uh, yeah. Pancakes, you know. uh, bacon, scramble of like 12, 14 eggs. Or or if we're just feeling lazy, we'll just do cereal. <laughs> solid. Yeah. Solid. Just, just make it simple. Right, right. Um, and then on, Facebook, on Twitter, if you go check out the poll question, so far 15% say Subway, 7% say Firehouse. 39% say old time, and then 39% have commented. Um, Cajun Man 1954 says Sodexo, which is the concession stands partner for the Louisiana Rage of Cajuns. Interesting. Because the burgers are, are, are mid at, at best. But, you know. They're cheap, so that works. Go, go Cajuns, cheapest concessions in the country. We love that. Um, James, you know, you, you covered the Astros game at length today with the 9-2 to two victory. We'll talk about it a little bit deeper, but, man, two immaculate innings in one game? That's crazy. It's insane. And, and it, it's one from Luis Garcia who started – and then from Phil Maton, who came in in the sixth inning, or in the seventh. Yeah, they posted a picture. The Astros posted a picture on Twitter, and it's Maton and Garcia with Martin Maldonado, because he was obviously the catcher today. And uh, Maldonado is holding both baseballs in front of the two pitchers, and it says 18 pitches, two pitchers, one record. And it's a pretty cool shot. That's the definition teamwork right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Astros win 9-2 to to improve to 39-24. and They are 23-14 and away from home, and it pushes their AL West lead back to nine and a half games. Jordan Alvarez with 17 home runs so far on the year. That is unreal. In our number two, we're going to talk some NHL. We're going to talk some big three. James and I have a NBA mock draft to look over. Uh, phone lines will be open for the first half hour of our number two, 706-0111. If you want to chime in while you have the chance, because at 530, Brendan Ertle joins us for Who Dat Wednesday. 
Don't go anywhere. Hour number two on the other side of this top of the hour sports update here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. It is Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Number two of two on your Wednesday afternoon. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Let's go back to the phone line. Martin just can't get enough of us. What you got, Martin? Man, I definitely can't, man. You know I love y'all show, man. <laughs> but uh, I wonder, I forgot one spot that uh, that I always go to the, uh, for, the, for y'all food poll, poll, poll question of the day. Okay. Uh, okay, so if y'all have any rat, they got a little spot. I know the owners. It's called Moonoos. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I have heard of it, yeah. Their 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 sandwiches are good, but man, y'all gotta get their their hamburgers, man. That'd probably be the best hamburgers y'all ever ate, man. But that's all I had, man. And uh, go Avalanche. Appreciate you, Martin. All right, thank y'all. Man, I love I love Martin. You know he's from South Louisiana, Erat. If you ever down in Erat, not Burra, Erat, Dalcom. God, I love it here, man. I love it. All right, so in hour number one, we talked Astros. We talked a little bit of Saints. Now we're going to talk some basketball. NBA, the big three starts this week. James, looking at the teams in the big three, I didn't realize how stacked some of these teams were. And don't even get me started on the coaching staffs. It's It's wild. I mean, we'll start with with a team that's been around for a while, the three-headed monsters, Rashard Lewis, Jonathan Simmons, Mahmoud Abdul-Rof, Kevin Murphy, and Ab-Nadoy. No idea. He's from Senegal. No idea how to say his name. Uh, And then Kevin Murphy. I mean, these guys, Abdul-Rof played nine seasons in the NBA and played at LSU. Rashard Lewis played 16 seasons in the NBA. Jonathan Simmons played four. They are the only team in the Big Three to stay fully intact since its inception in 2017. But man, three's company. Mario Chalmers, Michael Beasley, Brandon Rush, Julian Wright, and Alex Scales. What a group. That is absolutely Insane. I didn't realize Mario Chalmers had made his way to the big three. I didn't realize that's what he was up to now. So that's pretty crazy. Michael Beasley in the big three as well. Isaiah Austin, you might remember him from the NBA draft. Shortly after the NBA draft, he was um, he was forced to medically retire due to a blindness issue. He has a disease. I don't remember the disease that he has, but... He's uh, he's blind in one of his eyes, so he never got to play in the NBA. Looking at ball hogs, Leandro Barbosa, Jody Meeks, Will McDonald, coached by Rick Barry. Are you kidding me? 
Rick Barry. Oh, I play in the big three, and uh, my coach, yeah, NBA Hall of Famer. This new team, Bivok. I, I like them. Bivok? No idea. Uh, Gerald Green, Ike Diagu, who apparently is a legend in international basketball. Will Bynum, played in the NBA forever. Corey Brewer, played in the NBA forever. Jeff Iris played in the NBA for a while. And then your coach, Gary Payton. I mean, dude, where where is Ice Cube getting all these people? Like, where where is he finding them? And then, here's, here's the other thing. This team, owned by Snoop Dogg. I mean, the, the big three, man, it's just unreal. And it's an interesting style of basketball because they play. It's, it's three-on-three ball. And, you know, I heard Ice Cube on Jim Rome the other day, and he was talking about how he doesn't understand why the NBA seems to be afraid of them, seems to not want to partner with, with what they're trying to do, when in actuality the big three is just really trying to be complementary to what the NBA is doing. It's not competition. They play a different style of basketball. You're talking three-on-three three compared to traditional five-on-five. Five. Let's go back to the hotline, 706-0111. Greg dialed in. What's going on, Greg? How are you? Hey, uh, pretty good. Uh, first time I heard your show, I'm down here on uh, Lafayette on Business. I'm from Mississippi. A couple of comments uh, on the SEC uh, football scheduling. that they decided to hit eight? Or go to nine, and I'm just curious, uh, as far as uh, if they stay with a, who would LSU's opponent be? Would it be A&M? You know, I figure you figure you'd have Alabama and Auburn and uh, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Uh, you know, Arkansas probably would stay with uh, with Missouri. But I want to get your thoughts there. And then uh, I think in uh, as far as the king of baseball, the state of Mississippi, we got Mississippi State defending national champions. And look at Ole Miss. They had them buried uh, and had them dead. And uh, Coach Bianco gone. And now they're, uh, man, I would say go to the casino. And I saw them today. They were uh, plus 1,000. They had the longest odds. But the way they're pitching the ball, uh, with those two freshmen, uh, Ole Miss, that bracket is not that hard on that. Well, it's hard, but it's not as hard as the other side. I could see the Rebels maybe making a run at a national Appreciate the call, Greg. Yeah, you know, um, going to the to the first point, I could see A and M. You know, A and M and LSU have kind of built a little bit of a rivalry. That that seven OT over will, over will the last couple of years. Um, Alabama's never going to leave the schedule. Arkansas's never going to leave the schedule. Auburn's never going to leave the schedule. Um, Missouri. I mean, they could go in and out. Uh, they're not. A, they're not an SEC West opponent. Your SEC West opponents: your Ole Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State. Those teams are never going to leave the schedule. A and M. There's not. Um, now I could see Georgia or Florida. 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 There, Florida feels see, like a good one. That that used to be a yearly thing. Yeah, and then, and then now you you see it maybe. Bi-yearly. Yeah. Or um, semi-annually. Tennessee. LSU doesn't play Tennessee very often anymore. 
They don't. They there's, don't play Tennessee or Vanderbilt very often anymore. There's there's a, there's a lot of teams I could see taking that that spot. That that's going to be intriguing because if they go to nine, dude, if they go to nine conference games, I, I think Florida has to become a yearly game just because of the history there. I mean, think about how many times you have seen Florida and LSU be a prime time, down to the wire, classic kind of football game. I mean, the one that I go back to is is Tim Tebow coming to Tiger Stadium and, and LSU winning it in the closing seconds. I mean, that was, that was always a classic. So that's interesting. And then the Ole Miss thing, they're hot. I agree with that. Plus 1,000? I don't know that I would take that. Because they, they are hot right now. But keep in mind, like the caller said, a month ago, they were dead in the water. Throw, throw it on three to five bucks. I guess. I mean, not not throw 20, 30, 40 on it, but just like throw a little five. I, I mean, like Mike Bianco. I like Tim Elko. I think they've got good talent. I don't see them overcoming Arkansas or A&M or honestly, I don't know if I see them overcoming Auburn. Not to mention Oklahoma, Texas, Stanford. This is a stacked Omaha bracket. My favorite is still Arkansas. I still think Arkansas is going to win it all. Um, but A&M, A&M could do it. You, you saw them you know, have their way with the Cajuns outside of that first game. Well, they had their way with the Cajuns in the closing innings. You know, they they manhandled a couple other teams in the Super. I don't know, man. Notre Dame, you saw what they did to Tennessee. Notre Dame could, could do something. Omaha's going to be interesting. It's always fun, and it's even better when you have a just absolutely stacked bracket like you do this year for 2022 in Omaha, Nebraska. Going back to the poll question, looking at a couple other comments. John Forrest says, love Quiznos and their steak sandwich. Quiznos? Interesting. Not my cup of tea, but to each their own. Um, Daryl's in Lake Charles, absolutely. Bon Creole in New Iberia has the best go-to shrimp po' boy. All right, so that's the second person to tell me Bon Creole. I need to go try this place. Might might need to take down a, a trip down to the Barry, and, and go try Bon Creole Pops Pull Boys. That's a, that's a classic. Randy Russell, Chris's Pull Boys. Y- yeah, I, I I guess. I mean, if you, if you want if you want a quick, you know, Pull Boy. I don't know. Chris, I've had Chris's many times in my life, and I've just never really been. A huge fan. I don't know. I don't know what it is about Chris's that I've never really been a huge fan of. Just not my not my thing. Anyways, thirty seven and a half percent say Old Time is their go to sandwich shop. Firehouse Subs nineteen percent. Subway thirteen percent. And we have thirty one percent saying other. I still can't get over the Mister Cage in my kitchen. Like bring bring me one then, let, let let's put it to the test. 
Let's see if it's just that good. I eat a lot of po' boys. I like po' boys. I eat a lot of everything, really. But especially po' boys. So, I mean, I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd, I'd like to put that up to the test. 706-0111 if you want to get on the hotline. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Speaking of the hotline, let's go back to it. Ellis joins the show. Ellis, what's going on? Uh, not much of anything. Rain here and there. Uh, you won't be disappointed in Bon Creole. Okay, that's the fourth yeah. person. Well, I'll, I'll uh, vote about six times so I'll go right back. <laughs> that's fantastic. But uh, they have a great shrimp pool boy. Okay, well then uh, I'm sold. I have to go try it now. Yeah, I'll buy it. You just you got my number there. Call me and I'll go buy it for you in case you don't like it. Hey, there we go. Love that. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Thanks, Alice. Appreciate you. Man, free food? I'm so in. I am so in. But no, Ellis is now the fourth person because my brother texted me and said, Bon Creole is legit. Well, then why why have you never brought me, bro? That's rude. We'll take a timeout right here when we return more audio from the New Orleans Saints. The NBA Draft and the NHL before Brendan Ertle joins us at 5.30. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 15th, 1976. The Houston Astros are forced to cancel their game despite being played inside the Astrodome. Heavy rains make it difficult for the visiting team and umpires to get through flooded streets. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To crunch time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. James, let's look at this NBA mock draft that we found on CBS Sports. And we're going to kind of go through it and basically just say, you know, if we agree or disagree with the picks. So number one being the number one overall pick, Orlando would take Jabari Smith. I think that's fair. That's a good one. I think he's a better prospect than Chet Holmgren. Yeah. And, and, and kind of looking at where some of these players are, I'm a big envisioning the player in the jersey guy. I don't know if how much of a minority I'm in. But that's a part of the decisions of how I make when I do my mock drafts. Mm-hmm. So looking at some of these players coming up and looking at the team that they would be selected by, it's like, okay, yeah, I can actually see that. Yep. No, I could see Jabari in Orlando. He he would fit well in that in that offense. And then Chet Holmgren, number two to OKC. I like Chet. I think he's talented. Here's my problem. The he's, weight. He's seven foot and 195 pounds. He's a twig. 
if he doesn't put some weight on, he's going to get eaten alive in the NBA. Because we've seen other like quote unquote twigs for centers that because they're really tall, but they're in like the two twenties, two thirties. He he's going to have to hit that at least to have success. And I, I don't doubt I don't doubt that an NBA you know strength and conditioning coach. They'll, they'll put him on. They'll put him there. on a food program. Yeah, they're the, they're going to get him there. His his weight of him being undersized shouldn't discourage teams and have right. have him fall outside of the top four. But the, but the fact that he's seven foot is huge. Yes, it's huge because he's he's got a good skill set as a player. Yeah, he does. He does. Number three to the Houston Rockets, Duke's star freshman Paolo Banchero. I'm gonna be honest with you. I would love for the Pelicans to make a move. To move up and go get them? Mm -hmm. I would love to see that. I don't know if there's a move that they could make. Maybe maybe Jackson. It'll be tough to move. I don't know. I, I feel like the news with Jackson, it shouldn't discourage you. Because it's not like well, no, he's I mean, going he's to be suspended. missing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not suspended. He's not going to jail. It's just him serving some stuff outside of the court. Yeah, it's probation and community service hours. So I mean, that's it's not great. It's not a great look, but it's not no. But you what know. what you saw from him on the floor last year, it feels like his value is at an all time high. Right. At four to Sacramento, Jaden Ivy, the sophomore shooting guard from Purdue. I really like this pick. I think pairing him with De'Aaron Fox. Works out really well for for Sacramento, who really needs some talent, especially since they moved on from, ooh, what's his name? the The Pelicans are in love with him. They traded him to Buddy Healed. Buddy, yes, Buddy Healed. Buddy buckets. Mm-hmm. At five, the Detroit Pistons taking shooting guard Dyson Daniels out of the G League. He looks like a, you know, a solid passer, and a, a, I've read that he's got a great perimeter defense pairing him with Cade Cunningham just seems to make sense for Detroit right you know he he just seems like that guy that would that would play well with with Cade Cunningham he gets about 12 points six assists I mean six boards and four assists a game so that's pretty impressive number six the Pacers Jeremy Shohan from Baylor 6'9 230 I mean what a stud just a dude uh, at seven, Keegan Murray from Iowa, just a scoring machine. Twenty-three and a half points per game at Purdue, while shooting nearly forty percent from deep. I mean, kid is not from Purdue. I'm sorry, Keegan Murray's from Iowa. Get it, getting another scorer for Portland since you moved on from CJ. You Damian's not move on from Dame. Damian's not getting any younger, and you don't know how much longer he will be with the team. Not to mention getting young scores and also having people to pair with Anthony Simons. Yeah. It will be big. At number eight, the New Orleans Pelicans. How about AJ Griffin from Duke? Another wing. I love it. Wanna know why I love it? That three point percentage. Forty four point seven percent in his freshman year at Duke. Granted, he only scored ten points a game. But that's because he was at Duke. It was a stacked lineup. Not everybody's going to drop 15, 20 a game. I was going to say, it's a stacked lineup, and not to mention, when it comes to college players, most of them, they don't blow 
they don't blow you away with their stats. Right. Other picks in the first round of note. Looking at Benedict Mathurin going number nine to San Antonio. Ty Ty Washington going to the Knicks at number 11. Ochai Ajabi going to Cleveland at number 14. LSU's Tari Eason going to the Charlotte Hornets at 15. Jalen Duran is a guy that a lot of people have talked about. A lot of people have talked about him, you know, getting picked top 10. Yeah, some, some people had Duran going to the Pelicans. Yeah, it was, it was the Pelicans at one point, right? This mock draft has him at 18 to Chicago. So don't know if something happened off the court that has, you know, led to his fall. EJ Liddell from Ohio State, 22 to Memphis, going a little bit further. Wendell Moore from Duke. Going number twenty sixth to Dallas, Jalen Williams for yeah. the Heat. I, I remember having to watch. I remember covering one of the LSU games and seeing Jalen, and he was all over the court. Trevor Keels from Duke going to Indiana with the first pick of the second round. Man, if that happens, that's a steal. If he falls out of the first round, that is an absolute steal for any team that could land him. Uh, Max Christie, the shooting guard from Michigan State, going to Orlando. Walker Kessler, the 7'1", 245-pound center from Auburn, going to the Kings. I mean, this... So, what I like about this draft class is, you know, you don't have huge names outside of the top 10, but man, it's a talented, talented draft class. Absolutely talented. And then the Pelicans in the second round, 41st overall. A kid out of Wake Forest by the name of Jake Laravia. Laravia. 6'8", 235, averaging 14.6 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, shooting 38.4% from deep. According to this mock draft, he's a big forward with good three-point shooting skills, has a role player skill set as a selfless, keep-the-ball-moving kind of player. Can create a bit off the dribble, good in transition, heady cutter, solid scoring weapon to add along to Zion Williamson in New Orleans. I mean, as a Pelicans fan, as a Pelicans analyst, you, you can't read much better than that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the Pelicans just need scoring. And then they got, And then they got one more with Aminu Muhammad. Out of Georgetown. 6'5", shooting guard. Would have liked to see Muhammad return for another season, but the former five-star recruit showed flashes at Georgetown that were promising enough to get him drafted. Good rebounder for his size and a fearless shot taker, though he needs to improve his outside game. So that's a project piece, which, I mean, 52nd overall pick. That's kind of what you expect. I was going to say he'd be... Right. He, you, would, you would presume he would be more of the 14, 15 guy on the roster. You would, you would expect that to be a... Uh, a project pick. But yeah, you know, this this draft class is solid. I'm in I'm in agreement that Jabari Smith should be the number one overall pick just because I think he's got a better skill set than Chet Holmgren. And again, I'll go back to the weight thing. I know he's gonna put on weight in the NBA, but the fact that he's seven foot one ninety five would have me hesitant as the GM with the number one overall pick. That's just that's just my two cents on that. James, you know, Talking about A.J. Griffin and Laravia and Muhammad, if those are the three picks the Pelicans make, are you okay with that? Those seem like very solid picks because you get a wing, you get scoring, and you get a project piece that you can develop because you traded quite a few of them over this past season. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. We'll take a timeout right here. When we return, who dat Wednesday with Brendan Ertle, our main man, all the way up in the Pacific Northwest, taking the time to join us here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Who Dat Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles. What's good, my guy? How are you? What's good? What's good? It's good to be back on. It's good to have, uh, you know, Real Saints football back. Yeah, man. I mean, they're they're actually like wearing pads, hitting the ground, running. Mm-hmm. They're actually trying. They're actually like playing football. Yeah, instead of us just speculating, like we actually have things to talk about now, which is nice. It's fun. Yeah, it's absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. So yesterday, Jarvis Landry with his one-handed catch, just making it look so effortless. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. well, what more Jarvis can you say can about do, the guy? The things that Jarvis can do just in minicamp, in OTAs, I mean, he is, you know, in a lot of ways unreplaceable in the things that he can do, uh, the leadership that he brings. And, I mean, we saw it a lot today. Deontay Harris had a great day, or Deontay Hardy, excuse me. Um, and a lot of that came from, you know, he ran a route, went to talk to Jarvis. He's like, yo, what can I do better? And then you, you could just visually see how Jarvis is like, you got to do this better, do this better. And, you know, next rep, next rep, it looks great. So just guys like that, Marquez, even Traquan, learning from a guy like Jarvis Sandry is huge. Uh, and, you know, they play with Michael Thomas a lot, but not having him on the field, um, it, it's tough. It's tough. So, you know, just a ball going, a guy like Jarvis, I mean, he's been dominating. And, I mean, we, we talked about it before, the things that Jarvis does in OTAs and minicamp is similar to what Michael Thomas would do and just dominating. It doesn't matter who he's going against, whether it's Marshawn or it's Smoke Monday. You know, he's going to, you know, 110% every rep. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I was watching a, a clip from practice this morning, and I'm drawing a blank on the wide receiver coach's name. but um, Cody Burns. Cody Burns, thank you. They asked him about Jarvis, and he called him a third coach. It's and it really is true when you bring in a guy like Jarvis and Cody Burns. I mean, he's a younger coach, obviously knows a lot. But it was interesting to hear. Uh, you know, Jarvis has been in the league a long time, a lot longer than Cody Burns has been in the league. Right. And Jarvis was like, "Yo, Co- Cody's brought up some things in my attention that I've never even thought of." So, just the longer you play, the more people you play with, you just learn these little. Things and I mean, who knows what he's picking up and the different things, but you know, you always have room to get better in assets like that. And I think Cody Burns, you know, kind of a younger coach, I think like benefits a little bit more from that and teaching these, you know, quote unquote older guys uh, a thing or two. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I saw a picture posted on Instagram on Twitter of Tyron Matthew and Marshawn Lattimore talking to one another. And the quote mm-hmm. is, our secondary is going to be so, so, so good. Would you mm-hmm. would you venture to say this is one of the best secondaries in the league, if not the best? I don't think it's unfair to call it right now one of the best. And I think they have the, the potential to be the best. Uh, but obviously the chemistry has to be there. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with Marcus May and his recovery. But we'll just see. But 
the dominance that Marshawn has shown pretty much since he, en- since he entered the building uh, has been remarkable. Uh, we get Paulson Debo year two with, you know, competition from Alante Taylor. We get Tyron Matthew, of course, will be, you know, probably more than we expect him to be, kind of like tomorrow Davis was in a lot of ways. Uh, but the guy that I'm, I'm highlighting the most right now is CJ Garner Johnson. And if you haven't seen his interview, you have to check it out. I retweeted it, so go look at it. Uh, a couple of people posted about it. And what he said was, you know, it was powerful stuff and the things that he is taking on and what year three or year four, don't really remember. Um, he's taken on more of a leadership role and, you know, he, he has a high expectation for himself, but he's like, yeah, we're bringing in these pro bowlers, these all pros, these high character guys. We expect to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's not like, you know, it doesn't really matter what the roster looks like. We have guys to win the Super Bowl. We want to go do it. And he's like, he even brought up like last time, you know, they were at the doorstep of it. And he said, someone fumbled the game away. And we all know who that someone was uh, against the Bucks. So, I mean, he's even calling out, uh, calling out an old teammate too. So uh, this secondary definitely will be a premier secondary in the NFL. Chatting with Brendan Ertle here on Who Dat Wednesdays. Brendan, let's talk about Marcus Davenport. Had the top portion of his pinky amputated this offseason mm-hmm. due to a recurring infection. You know, I know he said that it's not going to affect his game, but let's be real. He he lost half of his finger. And when I first saw that, you know, we've had the up and downs with Marcus Davenport and, you know, Peyton Turner's in the same boat right now. Um, frustrated at times, he's not on the field and you see a finger injury and him not playing. It's like, okay, is there a toughness aspect to it or what's the problem there that it can't be on the field with a finger injury? And it makes a lot more sense. I mean, an infected finger, an effective, uh, affected, you know, anything is serious. And it's not just for football, it's for your life. So, I mean, I think we all need to give him a break because he's obviously going through a lot and he is a beast based on the field. But, yeah, you take away half a pinky, I mean, your stance is going to be different, the way you, you know, line up in a three-tech and, you know, it's it's going to be something he adjusted to. But, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul lost, what, half of all of his fingers? And he right. played some of, his best, some of his best football after that. So I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. Um, DMs usually, you know, the pinky, if you're using a lot of your pinky to be in your stance, you probably don't have a great stance. So hopefully it doesn't affect him too much. But, you know, it's definitely something to – it was, not, I guess, not something to worry about now, but – if we would have known about that earlier, that's something that we would have worried about. And I'm glad he got that figured out. And he said that that injury comes all the way from college. So if that's going to be something that, you know, heals it permanently, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it's done. And I feel bad for him. I would never want, you know, half one of my fingers gone. But, you know, football is a brutal sport and brutal things happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. Speaking of staying on the topic of the of football, obviously, moving away from the Saints, though, Minka Fitzpatrick today signs a contract making him the richest safety in NFL history, paying him about $18.5 million a year for the next four years with $36 million due to him at signing. You know, just reading reading those numbers, reading that, you know, half of the contract is going to be given to him at signing. How crazy is that that we're in, in you know, this that day of football? I mean, it's kind of the new era of football, and I don't think Deshaun Watson started that. I think he was just, you know, way ahead of the curve. But this is going to be, you know, the new era of football. I mean, Minka is a great football player. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And I don't think you're going to ever be worried about Minka, you know, not showing up for a year. He's not going to be have a 
you know, an off year where it, he's not worth the money. So I think bringing in a guy, you know, just giving him the money he deserves is something that you rather do and have him happy and work harder. Um, and at, at this point in his career, I don't think you'd be worried about him, you know, taking it easy after he gets his money. But uh, a good deal for him. And, you know, Tyron Matthew got around, I think, 11 annually. But the Saints, of course, will change that all up. Uh, but, you know, good deal for him. And, you know, Pittsburgh isn't used to paying guys that much and uh, getting second contracts like that. And it was aggressive in the first place to go get him. So um, I'm glad to see him get that deal. He's, he's, had, he's found a you know good little home in Pittsburgh. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joining us here on Houdat Wednesdays. Brendan, let's talk about the guys that the Saints have brought in over the last couple of days for tryouts and where you think that they stand. We'll start with former Cardinals and Texans running back David Johnson, 30 years old, still got, in in my opinion, still got some gas left in the tank, still has something to give an organization. Where do you think contract-wise they stand? What kind of dollar amount would you put on David Johnson's things like that? Um, I, first off, I think you absolutely sign him if you can. Uh, I think if the Saints bring him in, it'll be more close to their number than his. Obviously, he probably views himself a little bit higher. But this late in the process for some of these guys, it's kind of like you don't have a ton of leverage. Uh, Dale Williams obviously signed with the Cardinals, and it wasn't that big of a deal either. So I think if you can get it closer to one year, one million, or just in the ballpark of that, you absolutely do it. Uh, David Johnson you know, had that one incredible year at Arizona. And besides that, it's kind of, you know, didn't really fall off. He's had a, he's had a great, great year. And it's kind of overshadowed his, his play in the other uh, years. But, you know, he split carries with Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, and, and Houston. So won't be a huge difference there if they do bring him in. And obviously a potential Camara suspension, you want to have someone, a veteran to come in and step in. Um, I'd be surprised if, if they didn't get a deal done. It's been his first, you know, kind of interest, uh, at least reported interest this off season. So I, I think they would love to have him. Uh, just it's got to be practice right. And at that point, uh, if they do bring him in, it's like Tony Jones Jr. and Dwayne Washington are fighting for that final, you know, running back spot. And it's going to come down to who plays special teams better. And I, I give the edge to Dwayne Washington, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Now looking at Joe Schobert, a linebacker, you know, 25 years old, still got a lot to to give to the league. You know, where do you, where do you stand on a guy like that? I mean, we've talked about bringing in Quan Alexander all offseason, and I think that's a guy that you know should still be discussed and talked about. Uh, but Joe Schobert has been, you know, one of those solid, solid players throughout their career, and wherever he goes, he's making an impact. You know, he's not that. He's not obviously going to be tomorrow. Davis coming and be that good, but you know he's going to come in uh, veteran leadership. You know he averages nearly 100 tackles a year wherever he goes, whether that's been Cleveland, Jacksonville, or Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously got released because the Steelers had an incredible opportunity to bring in Miles Jack. So uh, whenever you can improve your roster, you can, and that's just you know not enough space for uh, Joe Sherbert in Pittsburgh. But I think it'd be a great fit. You know we have a young. Pete Warner, and besides that, you don't really have any linebackers that have any kind of starting or playing time under their belt. Um, so, I mean, I'd be all for it. You need another guy in that room and another guy that could sub in here and there for, you know, a guy like Demario Davis or Pete Warner if something comes up. Now, guys like Demario Davis, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson that are due for contracts, you know, this coming season, could you see them 
maybe holding out of training camp next month? You know what? I'm always one of the people that if you want a new deal, I think you have to show up. I don't, I don't disrespect it if they do. You know, it's their it's their decision, it's their own business decision. But you know, Demario Davis, he came in here, we signed him for free agency for honestly, it, it, at the time felt like a lot, but it turned out to be a bargain. And uh, later, I want to say two seasons ago, you know, we signed him mid mid season. So I think that is something that will come. I don't necessarily. Expect expect them to hold out you know it's it's always so hard to tell um and if you if you if you're going to make a statement i mean you might as well do it now uh being that this mini camp is mandatory and i, I think it is positive that we have 100 percent attendance you know i think that can be overlooked a little bit I mean, there's tons of players around the league who aren't showing up that want new deals and i mean it's it's all you know part agent part player and what they want to do but i think yeah if especially deontay Deontay Hardy, you know, he's on the second round tenor, and there's not much, you know, long-term longevity to that contract. And, you know, he's been playing on one-year deals forever. Same with, like, P.J. Williams, honestly. And as a player, you just, you just want some comfort and some long-term deals. Uh, C.J. obviously is becoming that guy. And if he doesn't get a contract this year, his price is going to go up and up. Uh, so if I'm the Saints, I'm, I'd rather do it now than later because, I, you know, you kind of expect and hope for a big year from him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, I don't expect a holdout, but you know, I guess we'll have to find out, especially from Demont Davis. Brendan Ertel, Canal Street Chronicles. Two more for you, bud. Number one, NBA, NBA finals game six tomorrow night. Do the Warriors close it out or do the Celtics force a game seven? <sighs> See, everything I told you guys last time was pretty much wrong. Uh, and this series has been incredibly, I mean, I'm sure James knows, uh, this series has been incredibly hard to bet on and incredibly hard to predict uh, with the outcomes of these games. And, you know, it seemed like the Warriors put it all together last game and Stephen Curry has one of his worst games of his playoff career. So you just never know. Uh, I kind of hope it goes to seven. I think this series, like, deserves seven games. Um, I'd love to see a Jason Tatum, you know, one of those statement games for him. Hasn't really had one of those. Uh, you know, he's going in with the Mamba mentality and, you know, the Kobe mentality all around. So I would love to see him get a, you know, 20, 30, even a 40 point game that, you know, help force a game seven in Boston. I think that'd be pretty cool. And, uh, I mean, I just want a good game, honestly. And then Stanley Cup finals, game one tonight, mm-hmm. Lightning Avalanche. Who you got? Who you got winning the cup? All that. Avs in five. I mean, Tampa's been there. Uh, they had a hard time getting there this year. Colorado, if you're not sort of a hockey fan, they're kind of the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. It is like oh, you can't you can't contain them. You just have to hope to score more than them, and that's kind of the way the Chiefs were a couple years ago. They have just have so much fire firepower. You know, the only thing Tampa's got for them is a is a a solid solid goalie and one of the best in the world. But you know, it's going to come down to goaltending, and I think the Avs win that one pretty quick. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I've got the halves and five as well. Brendan Ertel of Canal Street Chronicles, appreciate you as always, my friend, and you know the drill. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, sir. See you guys later. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the goner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 
the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help with your date night blues. Because once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes. Got three of them for you right here. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. The only way to score these great prizes is by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free and it's simple, so go sign up today. Mammy Gaz James Mesh 53 minutes after 5 o'clock. Got a couple more minutes before we get out of here. Couple things to touch on. Kayla Pointer, the former LSU guard, was released days before the WNBA season began. She has now found another team. Kayla Pointer signing today with the Indiana Fever, the 2012 WNBA champions. She will begin playing with their team this week. Also, we'll touch on it more in depth tomorrow, but LSU's pitching coach, not pitching coach, I'm sorry, recruiting coordinator is now on his way to Kansas to where he will be the head coach for the Kansas Jayhawks. So now Jay Johnson going to have to replace yet another coach as Dan Fitzgerald, the recruiting coordinator for LSU baseball, will be going to Kansas before his one season at LSU this year. He spent nine years at DBU and was previously a head coach at Des Moines College. All right, James, NBA, NHL, sorry, Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Getting tongue-tied over here. Stanley Cup Finals tonight. Avs, Lightning, Lightning going to make it a three-peat, or at least trying to make it a three-peat. The Avs are... Brendan Ertle made a great comparison, the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you just can't stop them. I mean, everywhere you look, they've got firepower. Whether it's Gabriel Landeskog, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Darcy Kemper in goal. I mean, up and down this team, they're just good. Who you got? Or who do you want? I, I I may I may be overvaluing the amount of time that the Avalanche have not played hockey. It's been nine days. It's it's been a hot little minute. Today's day nine. So I I, I may be valuing it too much, but I I may take the Lightning in an upset right here. I may have to do it. Hmm. The looking at the odds too. I mean, it, it's not it it doesn't look all that bad. The money what is, line. What does FanDuel have? Money lines plus one twenty eight for the Lightning, and yeah. the spread is plus one and a half. Okay, and what's the over under for for Lightning? Over under, it's minus one twenty two for over six goals. Over six. Okay. So they're they're thinking high scoring. So so they're thinking four two. So they're they're thinking four three Avalanche. Yeah. I could see that. Because they do have great goalies. Darcy Kemper for Colorado, and then, you know, Brendan talked about it. Tampa's got Andre Vasilevsky. And speaking of Vasilevsky, there's an odds boost, and you know how I love my odds boost. I love odds boost. What you got? 25 plus saves for him. Ooh. Really? Could, what, what's the odds? It's uh, plus 170. Okay. Uh, 25 plus saves. Kemper. K- Kucherov, three plus shots on goal, and then okay. Matt Kinnon, one plus point. 
Okay, so one plus point, Kucherov get three shots on goal, and then Vasilevsky twenty five plus saves. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I might take that. I might have to take that. Appreciate Brendan Ertle taking the time to join us like he does each and every Wednesday for Who Dat Wednesday. For James Mesh, I am Matt Miguez saying be safe, be well, give a hug to your mom and them. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a Thursday edition, College World Series edition of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. It is your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Mm-hmm.